Good morning, Captain Suba here, and I pray you've had a wonderful week. I'm here to toss out a weekly lifeline in these rough waters of life. This is part two of Biblical Finance. We call it Biblical Finance 102. To get the full flavor of the subject, you really need to listen to the prior podcast episode, but the theme here is to discuss and outline literal Bible discussions on finance, not vague references, but really direct discussions. I trust you will find them not to only be interesting, but also very pertinent to current-day financial issues. The goal here is to start 2023 with a biblical perspective on your financial goals and see if 2023 turns out better. Remember Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year is almost here. Let's make sure that we properly handle 2023 finances so that next year we don't even notice that Blue, Mon- that Blue Monday has come or gone. So let us go now to principle number five. Last week we dove into biblical principles of life. We discussed how God provides for us, how he can help us find ways to better ourselves, what part generosity plays into your personal financial well-being, and how we are to find ways to be satisfied with what we have at any one time in our lives. Principle five is budgeting and having control of your finances. Possibly redundant and self-evident, but this is so important. We understand that knowledge and information is key to financial success. So the key here is, is obtaining and utilizing knowledge and information for your financial life. Very few of us would run, would run our business without a budget and a good set of books. In fact, with the current IRS regulations, doing so would almost be business suicide. So why do we live our personal lives without these important tools? Proverbs 23, 3 and 4 say, Through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. God tells us that by using wisdom, we will gain knowledge, and with knowledge we gain riches. In other words, you cannot run a financial endeavor without knowing what's going on. That's wisdom. And budgeting and bookkeeping is the means to gain knowledge to build the riches. Common sense stuff, but do we take the same care of our personal finances as we do our business finances? Many of us don't. The Bible's very clear on this concept, and it relates to other ideas that I've set forth in these episodes. That we must do our part in keeping our lives, and and in this case our financial lives, on course. We can't just say it'll all work out and then sit there and wait. No, we are to keep clear-minded, single-minded, and focus on the various elements of our financial lives and institute logical and, yes, biblical principles into those decisions in order to become successful. Principle six, debt is not wise. Many would argue that, that in these times that's not a sound business idea, and to some extent this may be true in our current world. I think we need to possibly rephrase this to say that unnecessary or careless debt is not wise. Why? Because currently no one could pay cash for a home. They simply cost too much. And only a select few could build their own home, as was the custom in the times of the Bible. However, auto loans for new cars every year and massive credit card debt is clearly proven to be very unwise. Proverbs 37.21 says, The wicked borroweth, and payeth not again. 
And Proverbs 22, 7 says, The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is a servant to the lender. God is simply saying that you are mortgaging your future and giving up your freedoms by doing this. You are becoming a slave to debt, which haunts you, for many, in many cases, the rest of your life. Moreover, if you are a slave to anything, that can lead you to do things that, uh, that you would otherwise not do. It can easily push you away from a godly life. And for what? A one-week fancy vacation you can't afford? A new car that drives no better than your old one? Gadgets that are cool to have around the house but serve no real purpose? Come on. So here we are. Blue money's upon us. All of those credit card charges continuing to make you happy? Are you still joyous that you bought all those people things they probably did not want or need? Think about that as you steal from Peter to pay Paul to cover those payments. Overall, I think the Bible's right. Dead is not wise. Principle seven. Greed and hoarding is not good. If we are lucky enough to lucky enough to have accumulated some wealth, we must also guard against greed and hoarding. Remember that God is the source of all and has promised to provide for us. If that's the case, then why would we hoard up and act as if we must we must do so in case we might not have much later? Hmm. Luke discusses this in Luke twelve, sixteen through twenty one. And he told a parable saying, The land of a rich man was very productive, and he began, he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you, and now who will own what you have prepared? So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Not being a Bible scholar, I can't tell you how many times the Bible discourages greed, but a quick count points to at least 25, and I'm positive there's many more. Greed disgusts God. So in your financial dealings and plannings, avoid greedy plans and thoughts. Be charitable and fair. Luke says in twelve fifteen, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consistent consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Principle 8. Get-rich schemes are poor schemes. You know, in the times of the Bible where you woke up in the morning and it was your sole job to make your own clothes, get your own food, you know, I just can't imagine anybody sitting around trying to come up with get-rich-quick schemes. I mean, they had too much to do just to provide for themselves. Yet, that was notwithstanding, over 2,000 years ago, God talks about this. We all certainly know this to be true, but the lure of riches often overrides our common sense and Bible teachings. God anticipated that as humans, this concept would be enticing, being all-knowing even over 
2,000 years ago, he specifically addresses it as he does so many, th so many things. Note Proverbs 28.20. The trustworthy will get a rich reward, but the person who wants to get rich quick will only get into trouble. Now, how pointed is that? Does that not show that the Bible is forever and currently applicable? I think so. Overall, from my count, there's literally over 50 financial principles laid out in the Bible. Many overlap, as some of these do. But the whole point to the series is, is to emphasize that the Bible is a life guide. God has your back. All you need to do is believe, pray, study, and act. It was never said to be easy, but following godly principles has been proven to be effective in the long run. His plan, his time, his timetable, and his glory. I pray that these principles are found to be practical and helpful. I also pray that each of you are amazed that a book written thousands of years ago in a time much different than what we are faced with today could provide current day guidance in our sophisticated financial world. This should give everyone some insight as to why the Bible and its study is such a great idea. Next week we change gears. We look into accountability and guidance. How can we live a proper biblical life alone? We can't. So we will discuss some ways to help you move forward. And one last thing, we'll have a guest. So come back next Tuesday and see what we have to offer. Until next time, may your skies be blue, the seas calm, and may the wind be on your stern. Captain Suba, out.